welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. We are on episode 73, and it's titled, An All-Knowing God. We're going to walk through Psalm 139 together, at least the first part of it. I'm going to work through verses 1 through 10, so we can get a better picture of what it means to be known and loved by God, a God who is all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful, fully sovereign, and good. So... These are attributes of God that we all know about him. If you are in Christ, you have read your Bible enough, you've been in church enough, you know these things about God. But still at times, if you find yourself and you're a little bit like me, you may tend to be a bit forgetful in times of trials or difficulties and find yourself anxious or discontent. Those are the moments we need to be reminded of who God is and what he has done for us. So that's really what I want to walk through today with you and for myself too. So in the current times and situations we find ourselves in, Psalm 139 has been a comfort to me to read and remind myself of the attributes of the God we serve. Our God, again, he is all-knowing, all-powerful, always present with us. This is a comfort to be reminded of, and especially in seasons of trials and difficulties. And these weeks right now, if you're like me, I'm safer at home that you're practicing social distancing. So your life is a little bit turned around. Even more so, it is the time that I need to be reminded that I serve a sovereign God who is fully in control and who is good. My reality, I mean, I do find, I'm going to just be honest and just lay this out with you here. I find myself a bit lonely at times. I'm missing my family and friends. I'm missing being able to gather with my church family. Um, I'm missing the superficial things like being able to shop at different stores that aren't labeled essential or to just go meet a friend for a cup of coffee or go out to dinner with my husband. You know, a lot of those are not necessity items, but they're privileges that I've taken for granted. So I can tell you it is going to be a glorious day when we can get back to some sense of normalcy and worship together as a church family and hug and love on those um, that we haven't got to see in person for so long. I mean, I'm terribly missing my in-person contact with my grandbabies. You know, in, in essence, I am thankful for FaceTime and Zoom, but it's not the same And in this season right now, I can find my own heart becoming discontent and I'm not dwelling on the goodness of God in all circumstances. So what I want to share is I've been really thankful in this season to be working through Ligonier's group study on contentment with some of the ladies in our Thankful Homemaker Facebook group. We work through this study individually online each week and then we meet in the Facebook group on Friday mornings through the live stream. And Melissa Kruger is leading this online study. And last week's topic was the source of our contentment. So who is the source of our contentment? Obviously God is, but why is God the source of our contentment? 
So Psalm 139 helps us to grasp this a bit better because as we work through it, we're going to see how knowing who God is, his character and his attributes helps us to trust in him fully. So we are fully known by the Lord. Psalm 139 tells us we are intimately known by our God, every detail and in every single way. Our God knows us. He knows precisely in every circumstance of our lives where things need to go. He designed the circumstances of our lives that are needed to make us more like his son. He arranges all of our lives differently because he knows each of us. And the circumstances that he allows or puts into place in our lives are unique to us and our personalities, our demeanors, our strengths, our weaknesses. He puts everything into place as it should be. God sees the end from the beginning, and he makes no mistakes. So as we begin to dive into Psalm 139, I want to share a quote with you from J.I. Packer that was shared in the study. And the study on contentment, ladies, if you have not joined us, you do not have to be on Facebook to join us. You can do this group study on your own. It's a free study right now on Ligonier, so I'll put the link in the show notes. If you're interested, you can at least go take a peek at it. And if you don't even want to work through the study, just watch Melissa's videos for them. There's, there's, I believe, eight sessions. So the videos are about 20 minutes. You could just watch a video once a day, and that would even be... Um, that would be a benefit, um, or you'd gre- you would greatly benefit from even doing that. I mean, obviously, I'm saying that I'd, I'd love you to go through the study because I think it's good to work through the questions and wrestle through and read the scriptures and go through it. But if that's all you have time for, there you will benefit from that. So I'm going to get back to this J.I. Packer quote. But I and this is um, this is over at the blog too, on the the post for this particular podcast too. So J.I. Packer said, <clears throat> "Our thoughts of God." are not great enough. We fail to reckon with the reality of his limitless wisdom and power because we ourselves are limited and weak. We imagine that at some points, God is too and may find it hard to believe that he's not. We think of God as too much like what we are. I think that's an important sentence there at the end we need to remember. I'm going to repeat that last sentence. We think of God as too much like we are. Right, God is not like us. There are ways that we are similar, but his in some of his communicable attributes, there are ways that we are, you know, we do um, we do mimic God in some areas, like showing mercy and love and goodness and those sorts of things. But God is nothing like us. His ways are so much higher than our ways, and he is perfectly righteous. Everything about God is perfect. So let's start by reading Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6. We're going to work through the aspect that God is all-knowing. So I'm going to start here in verse 1 again, Psalm 139, and go through verse 6. So if you have your Bible, come sit and read along with me. I'm working through the ESV here. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. So God's omniscience, or same, it means his all-knowing, is laid out in these verses. God knows everything. He doesn't miss a thing. His knowledge here of David, who is the author of this psalm, and his knowledge of us as his creation is personal. 
It's intimate. God knows our thoughts and our words before we even speak. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And if we're in Christ, we are in a personal relationship with the Lord. We are his children and he is our father. His love for us is tender and caring. This is such a personal psalm. The Lord knows our sitting down and our rising up. So he knows our passive lives and our active lives. This brings my thoughts to the ordinariness of our everyday lives as wives and mothers. He knows every little detail and cares about each one of them. I mean, mama's here from washing dishes to making beds to the care of your family. There's a purpose in each one. Nothing is by random chance. When David writes this psalm, he starts out with the confidence of who God is. And this psalm builds because as you get to the end, and I'm, I'm not going to work through the whole psalm today, so I hope you're going to do that after our time together at some point. But you're going to see how knowing who God is, it gives David the assurance that he needed and the confidence to pray that he can trust God in all things. Again, the Lord knows our sitting down and our rising up. That is such a personal um, aspect, just the reminder of every little detail. So Romans, let's see here, Romans 11.33 tells us, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Acts 17.28 says, In him we live and move and have our being. So nothing is hidden from God. Our thoughts, our words before we speak them, There's not one aspect of our lives hidden from our all-knowing God. David said, you are acquainted with all my ways. Charles Spurgeon said, divine knowledge is perfect since not a single word is unknown, nay, not even an unspoken word, and each one is, quote, altogether or wholly known. So ponder that thought. It really should affect how we talk to one another. God hears every word. So the verses also say we're hemmed in, or in some translations it may say hedge. God will not allow anything to come into our lives without it first going through his perfect will for our lives. This is a hand of care upon us as a parent to a child. There's a comfort to a child when they know the protective eyes of their parent is upon them. Think about to remember as a child being scared and the first place that you look is to see where your mom or dad are. I remember once as a little girl I was shopping with my grandfather and I just adored my grandfather and I was playing in the clothes racks and I lost him. I was scared to death. That feeling of panic set in and all I wanted to see at that moment was the face of my grandfather. So we are in the care of our loving Heavenly Father, and that's a comforting thought. Verse 6, David says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. So God, knowing us better than we know ourselves, is a beautiful gift to us. We can't grasp this, ladies. It goes beyond our comprehension of these finite minds of ours. But knowing this and knowing the truth that in Christ, that we are fully known and perfectly loved. So the other aspect, when I think about God knowing everything about us, he knows all our flaws and sins and weaknesses, and he still loves us with an everlasting love. This is really good news, friends. We know what a gift it is to have a spouse or a friend who sees our flaws and weaknesses, and they still love us as we are. 
but we don't know anyone except God who knows every single one of our thoughts even before we think them and he still loves us. I don't need to go there. You know the thoughts going on in your head as well as I know my own thoughts and they're not always very pretty, but God knows all those and he still loves us. And the other amazing reality is he doesn't just leave us there, but he continues to redeem each of those thoughts. So more and more as we grow in the grace and knowledge of him, our thoughts and words and actions will continue to become more and more Christ-like. My favorite saying is he is continually removing the impurities or the dross from our lives. And hence, then more and more of Jesus's work in our lives is evident to us and to others. Elise Fitzpatrick has a great quote here. It says, there is only one person who knows us as we are without false pretense and masks. And the shocking truth is that he loves us anyway. So I want to move ahead in the psalm now and looking at Psalm, um, again, 139 verses 7 through, t- uh, I have 7 through 12, but really I'm, I'm going to only work through 7 through 10. So let me, I'm going to read all the way to 12, but we're not going to go that far. And God, in these verses, it's letting us know God is ever present. I take that back. I'm only going to read to verse 10. So let's move forward on these. So verse, starting in verse 7, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. So not only is our God all-knowing, I feel we covered that fairly completely, but he is also ever-present with us. It's the term we hear called omnipresence. David says there in verse 7, where can I flee from your presence? What is the answer? Nowhere. The prophet Jonah comes to my mind here when he tried to run away from God. It's not possible. God is fully present everywhere in the universe. We're not going to hide from God. Think Adam and Eve in the garden. Hello. (laughs) So verse 10 tells me that it's a good thing that God is there to guide us and lead us and hold us. He is holding us fast. That is a good thing because he never changes. His feelings do not fluctuate. He is ever faithful. Jude 24 tells us, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. So not only does God keep us as his people, but as he says in Jude, he does it with great joy. Psalm 149.4 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. This scripture reminds me of a line in a favorite hymn called, He Will Hold Me Fast. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Those are the words from a verse from the hymn. If you've not heard that hymn yet, and I'm sure most of you have, take a listen to the hymn, He Will Hold Me Fast. It's a favorite of mine. These lyrics to this particular hymn were written in the late 1800s by Ada Habershon, and he, this particular person was a friend of Charles Spurgeon. But this song is an encouragement of God's sustaining hand in our salvation. It got an update recently by Matt Merker about almost over a century later after it was written, and he took Habersham's words and put it to music, and he added a third verse. And Matt Merker said of this hymn, it reinvigorates us to know that God is in control and he will preserve us to the end. He is holding us fast. Actually, I believe the Gettys redid this hymn too, so I will put a link to that in the show notes, one of my favorite versions of it. 
Philippians 1.6 tells us here, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So as God's own, as those of us who have repented of our sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation, he will be faithful to keep us to the end. He is holding us fast. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 tells us, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So the ESV Systematic Theology Bible says of these particular verses in Psalm 139, it says, God knows everything and is everywhere, which fortifies believers. Although he knows all about us, he loves us in Christ and will not condemn us. Think Romans 8.1. No place we go will take us away from our Lord, Redeemer, and Friend. In our worst problems, he is there with us, his right hand holding us in a loving embrace. So there's no place we can be out of his presence, and that's a good thing. It should be a comfort to us as his children. And I've shared this earlier, but just that reminder, as a parent, you know your present is a comfort to your children, especially when they're going through a difficult season or they're scared. This is the same presence our Lord brings to us. God is our Father, and He watches over His children with a loving, caring hand. We can rest in the truth that He will never leave us or forsake us. He promises He will be with us always, no matter what. These are moments, friends, to be reminded to point your children to God who's with them always. In those moments when maybe they're coming into your room and they're scared at night because it's storming out or they can't sleep or they had a bad dream, make sure in those moments that you take the time to pray with them and point them to God and remind them that God never leaves them and he's always watching over them with a great love for them. Your hope always is that your children will come to know Christ in a saving way and next that they will be fully dependent upon Christ in all things. God often says in his word, do not fear for I am with you. The promise of God's presence sources our contentment because we can never be outside of his paternal care. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. God called Israel, as it stated in the previous verse in, 40, in Isaiah 41.9, he is their God and he is with them. He has chosen them. If we are in Christ, God has chosen us and called us to be his people and he is our God. God cares out of his good pleasure and love for us. I want to read a, um, a, a section from the contentment study. It was in the, um, the discussion I want to say in the discussion kind of questions, I believe, but it said, it would be wrong to view God's omnipresence with fear and anxiety. God does not abuse his presence in our life, seeking to manipulate and strike us down at the first sign of a mistake. God's omnipresence should instead be seen as a comfort to his people, because like a loving father, he promises to be with us always. We should feel freedom and a proper boldness in coming to our heavenly father. Romans eight thirty-eight and 39, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So another thought, as I'm saying this here, to share with us, particularly as parents, oh, sorry, I'm moving around here, is that we always need to keep good communication open with our children. 
Let your children know that they're loved no matter what. Do not let them be afraid to tell you anything. There may be hard things, but do let them know how much they are loved and they can always come to you with anything. This is how God is with us. There's nothing that can separate us from his love. We can tell him anything. And as we just walk through, he knows us better than we know ourselves and he still loves us. My children need to know that no matter what they do or what choices they make, they are loved by their mama. I love them because they are mine and God loves us because we are his. And as I'm stating this, I'm just going to put a little footnote here. Loving someone doesn't mean approving of choices or necessarily agreeing with them. But you love them unconditionally, regardless of their life choices, always holding to the hope as you're speaking truth that the Lord will reveal truth to them. So my last point here to work through is the aspect that God is sovereign and he's good. So as we work through Psalm 139 verses 1 through 10, I want us to move to a natural progression that comes about by it. We know God is all-knowing and ever-present, but the two characteristics of God that give me peace among knowing these characteristics is first, God is fully sovereign or in control of all things, and when I say all here, I mean all, and second, God is perfectly righteous or good. See, when life is hard and seems to be uncertain or things aren't going the way I think they should go, I can bring myself back to those two truths, that God is good and he is sovereign. R.C. Sprawl has a great quote here. He says, If there is one single molecule in this universe running around loose, totally free of God's sovereignty, then we have no guarantee that a single promise of God will ever be fulfilled. And that's from his book that I highly recommend everybody read called Chosen by God. Um, Just a great book about the sovereignty of God and salvation. And then another really good book about God's sovereignty um, in hard situations and trials is Trusting God by Jerry Bridges. And I'll link to both of those over at the post at the blog. So when I look at God's goodness here, Luke 18, 19 says, no one is good except God alone. And Romans 3, 10 tells us, none is righteous, no, not one. When we say God is good, we're saying he will always do what is right, true, and good. There's no evil in him. Don't you love how I use the word good, like when they use the word in the dictionary? But I did because I don't know another good word to put there except he is good. So again, God will always do what is right, true, and good, and there's no evil in him. And Psalm 105 tells us, The Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So everything God made is good, and he can only create what is good because he is fully good. He did not create evil because evil is the absence of good. And James 1.3 tells us that God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. His goodness should lead us to have thankful hearts. And the ultimate good is seen in his plan to redeem us from sin. The gospel is called good news. It's the kindness, or also translated in some translations, goodness of God that leads us to repentance. God is the only one who is entirely good. And then God's sovereignty is just a natural consequence of his omniscience, his omnipresence, and his omnipotence. So working through that, we talked about his omniscience in the beginning of Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6, that God knows everything. And then we talked about his omnipresence in verses 7 through 10, that God is everywhere present, and his omnipotence means he is all-powerful. And I have a podcast on the supremacy of God um, on his on his omnipotence that I will also link in the show notes for you if you want to listen a little bit deeper there. 
So, and also, as I'm saying that in that particular podcast, and I'll try to remind you at the end, in that particular podcast on the supremacy of God, it has a lot of links to study the attributes of God. So just a good place to go check that out if you want to dig a little deeper. So nothing is outside the control of our Heavenly Father's loving hand, not even wicked things done against us or even something like the coronavirus. We can know that our God has control over everything that happens, no matter how chaotic the situation can seem at times or wherever we find ourselves in whatever mess it may be. We don't need to fear because God is in control and he is in charge and he is on his throne. So friend, in this season that we're all in, because all the various seasons of our life come with their own challenges, I want to encourage you to work through these attributes of God on your own. Study God's sovereignty and his goodness. Work through what it means that God is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. Our most significant help in being women who are content in all the situations of our lives begins with knowing who God is. God is the source of our contentment. And as I shared before, I'm going to link to that post on the supremacy of God with other resources to get you started. All right, so knowing these things, what is our response now? So I know that God is omniscient and he's omnipotent and he is, I'm blanking. (laughs) Oh my goodness, friends. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. I did this with my lady. So he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, and he's omnipotent. He's fully sovereign and he's good. So what is our response knowing these attributes of God? This is just, this is a major handful, but this is a handful. I want to close today with these words um, that Melissa Kruger shared from the contentment uh, group study. And again, I'm going to link to that study in the show notes. But this particular excerpt I'm pulling from is from lesson three, and it was titled The Source of Contentment. And I want to end here. I do have some res- uh, some really good resource things to share, so hang with me till the end. Um, But let me just close with this particular reading from her session. She says, We, as women of God, have been rescued. We can live every day in light of that rescue. He has saved us from the worst fate because death is actually not the worst fate imaginable. And eternity without Christ is the worst fate imaginable. He has saved us for all eternity. So can we not bear in this life? what might cause us discomfort here, knowing that we have a whole eternity with him where there will be no weeping, there will be no more tears, all will be made right in that, in that world. So we are sourced with contentment here because our God has rescued us. And every day we can live in that reality and we can say, it is well with my soul. No matter what you take from me, no matter what happens to me in my world, My soul is completely and 100% secure. Our God has done that for us. He created us. He redeemed us. He loves us. We can trust him and walk in that trust daily. So my friend, no matter what happens to us this day, we can say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. So my friend, the reminder always is Jesus is enough. So always thankful for your time today. Just even taking the time to be here with me is a blessing to me more than you can know. So you can find somewhat of a partial post of this if you want to read through it a little bit and the full show notes over at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. 
And always, if you have enjoyed the podcast, I would so love and appreciate if you could take a minute or two out of your day and leave a review over at iTunes or wherever you listen into the podcast. I, again, just appreciate you being here with me. Thank you. And before I go, I want to share some good resources with you this week, and they are related to the issue of pornography. And I know that's a little different for me here, but I, I want to, um, I want to kind of share with you because I know that there is this need out there. It is, it is big and it has just infiltrated our churches and our homes and our families. So my podcast family that I belong to, the Bar Network, has two podcasts coming out this week. One is from the Just Thinking podcast, and that's with Virgil Walker and Daryl Harrison. And it may be out today, but if not, it will release tomorrow. And I'm recording this podcast actually on April 13th on Monday, but it's being released on Tuesday, April 14th. So Daryl's and Virgil's just thinking usually comes out on Wednesdays, but it may be out a day early if they've got um, if they've got it recorded already. And the other is from my dear friend Dwayne Atkinson, and he's over at the Bark Podcast. And Dwayne's is going to be an episode literally about um, the resource I'm going to share here with you called Covenant Eyes. So both of these podcasts this week are dealing with pornography. It's not, an, again, an area I normally dive into, but it is an issue. So I want to share this resource with you if you're looking for something that you need in your home, whether it's within your own family or children, or maybe you have a friend or someone you need to know that you can pass it along to. So I'm going to link to both of those podcasts in the show notes uh, over at the blog for you to listen to or pass on to someone you love who may need help in this battle. But again, I'm going to share this helpful resource that I've heard good things about, and it's called Covenant Eyes. And Covenant Eyes is designed to help you and those you love live free from pornography. Their tagline is don't fight porn alone. So I'm going to share a link at the bottom of my post to check out Covenant Eyes if you or someone you love needs help in battling an addiction to porn. Don't do this alone. Get some help. Seek out help from your pastors or elders at your church if someone in your family is struggling or if you're struggling, friend. So again, it's going to be over at the blog and you can link right to that and get some help there if you need it. Again, I appreciate you and your time here with me today and have a very blessed week, my dear friend. Mm-hmm.